The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Betza has been dedicated anonymously of Meir Ben Esther. Amen. has been dedicated as well Amen. We bless our anonymous sponsor that Bezat Hashem he should be blessed with Arichut Yamim, health, Oshir, Veoshir, Vechavod, and Bezat Hashem should be Zocher in the near future to raise a family uh, and continue all his good work for the community. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Adam Azrak in honor of. The caterer, our dear friend Mr. Uri Nadan, may he have continued success. Amen. Daf Yud Aleph. We begin today's Daf on Daf Yud. And uh, we actually are uh, from where the lines are wide. We are one, two, three, four lines, four lines up. We learned. Th- we learned uh, today's daf is being dedicated to the Shvat Avraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Begin Aiden. Amen. We begin today's daf. Four lines from the wide lines on Yud Amud Bet. And we start Chenaim, Matzah, Shalosha, Asurim. So we're talking about the, the birds over here. Before Yom Tov, you left two birds. Now you came on Yom Tov and you found three birds. So we said, Asur. Why? Manav Shach. Either way, how you look at it. Which means if other birds came, which means now you had uh, two birds, I have three. So if the two left, so now you have three. So there's different birds. So different birds is no designation. Different birds are mukseh. Even if you want to say no, the two birds that you had there stayed. You still have one extra one. That's mixed up in there. Now you're going to say, what do you mean? But Rabbi, according to that side, we have Bitul Barov. Yeah. The one bird is Mivatel, the two. Well, two reasons. Number one, a bird is considered Davar Hashuv, and the Davar Hashuv is not Mivatel, Barov. And number second reason is, it's a Davar Sheshlo Matirim, like we learned. Something that if you wait it out, which means wait out till after Yom Tov, all the birds become permissible. Davar Sheshlo Matirim, and Batel. So therefore, when you have two, and now you end up with three, all of them become Asumim Manafshach. Okay, you had three birds, and you came the next day, you found two, so then we say it's mutar. The assumption is, according to this Mishnah, one of them left, and the two that were there, stayed there. Okay? So comes the Gemara and says, What's the logic of this halakha? These are the same birds that you left yesterday. They are the same ones. And we just say one of them uh, flew away. Okay, so they stayed. The two stayed, and one left. Let us say that based on this last halacha we just said, we had three, and then you ended up with two, and we say it's mutar. So we say the two stayed and one left. Let us say that the Mishnah is following the opinion of Rabbi and not Rabbana. Why? What does it say? The Tanya, we have a bright. A person, let's say, put down a mane. Let's say a hundred dollars. It was money. It has a box. 
has to take uh, you know money up to Yerushalayim and spend it on uh, food, right? For Maser Shini. So he niach money. Umatza batayim. Oh, he comes back to the box and sees his two hundred bucks. <coughs> so I don't know what's in the, what's going on here. What's what's this extra hundred? Cholin umaser shini moravim zebaze So the B says you have to say that there's a hundred maser in there and a hundred cholin. So one hundred is cholin, one hundred is maser. That's how you have to uh, analyze it. Okay. So that she says cholin umaser shini moravim zebaze hayachat cholin. They know you're there, is it? He doesn't know which one is the 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 maser, which was the cholin. Take the best coin, whatever the best one is. If this is the Maser coin, good, then it's the Maser coin. That would be. And if this nice coin is the Hodin coin, well, I'm going to make Pijon now. Let the Maser on the other coin transfer to this coin. That's the way he divides it up according to the you say no? Everything in that box, the 200, is considered Hulin. What's the logic of that she? Since bottom line, he didn't bring it up to Yerushalayim. He didn't separate. Sorry. You'll have to 100, you found 200. You didn't find it, you didn't find it like you left it. So therefore, So therefore we're going to say what? You must have taken the first Maser, uh, put it somewhere else. The guy doesn't put his Maser with the Hodin money. So now you found 200, you say, you know what, there's got to be a totally new 200 over here. Now where's my Maser? Maser, you must have put it uh, somewhere else. So that's the Shita of Hachamim. <coughs> okay? So again, we read again the Tanya. Niach mane umatzam matayim. Cholinu maasish ni moravim zebazadilir bivachim umrim. Hakol cholin. Now we go to the next case. Third line down. Niach matayim. A guy placed two hundred. Umatzah mane. He came back. He only found hundred. Of uh, it was maasir money. Mane munah umane mutal dvirir bivachim. The B says the one hundred that's left over. We say is from the maasir sheni. And the hundred that left, it was uh, lost, it was taken out. But you assume that the hundred that's there is still from the Ma'asir. When you put down 200 Ma'asir, and now you only find a hundred, we say that this is a different pile. And therefore all of it is going to be Cholim. Okay? Look at Rashi. Rashi says... That's the B's opinion. That's according to the B. Since you didn't take it up to Yerushalayim, you're not going to separate uh, the piles. We assume that you took both of them up. And you put it in a different place. Which means... You're not going to take half the pile up to Yerushalayim and leave uh, half the pile there. So if you have a hundred, where's the other hundred? Ela must be the other, the two hundred that was originally there, it's somewhere else. And this hundred over here is considered a new pile thoroughly, which is Hulin. That's the shita of Rabbi. You also put the pile up. I don't say I took a hundred and left a hundred. Why would I do such a thing? So if we want to say that based on this mahluk that we have by the Maasir case, that's the opinion of the Mishnah. The Mishnah said you had two birds. Okay, you had the three birds actually. And now you found two birds. So according to the B, I'll say, 
just like by the ma'asir. I had uh, two hundred, I found one hundred. So the one hundred that's here, that's ma'asir. Where's the other hundred? The other hundred is lost. So it's by the birds. I had three, now I have two. The two that are here are the original birds. Hakamim will say no. Hakamim will say no, no, no. When you put two hundred ma'asir, and now you have a hundred left, I say no, no, no. Or it's a group. And therefore, since I don't have the 200 that I left, and I don't separate the ma'asir, so this is new, 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 new money over here. This is honin. Something with the birds, I'll say. Right. I left three birds. Now I got two. I'm going to say these birds are different. So the Gemara says, I feel them out of banan. I can even say it's going like the banan. I have an interpretation already. Shari gozalot. Birds are different. Since they are, birds are made to to hop or to move, which means there's a big difference between the Maasir case and the uh, case of the money. Because the money doesn't move, doesn't walk money. Therefore, we say if the guy picks, uh, if the guy has $200 there of Maasir, and now you find 100 so he says, listen, the money didn't walk away. The guy must have taken the 200 You don't know, watch it, he split up his uh, Maasir and take 100 and leave 100 He's going to Shalim, he's taking everything. So if I say he took everything, and this is new money. Mashaikin birds, birds, they walk away. So I could argue and say, listen, the two birds that are there, are there, and the one bird that you had, walked away. So even the Rabbanan could agree to the case of Amish. It's not similar uh, to the case of the money. Why did you have to even give that answer? Why do you got to come along and say that that's the answer? We could say much simpler. We have a statement. Uh, from one of the rabbis said, which is the mahlokit of Rabbanan and Rabbi is talking about where the money, the 200 uh, that you left, was in Shnei Kisin. Shnei Kisin is two purses. It wasn't all in uh, one pile, it was in two separate purses. Now, uh, let's see uh, Rashi. When they got explained the Mishnah's reason, it's because the birds hop. The Mishnah can make sense according to the rabbis even without saying birds hop. Why? Because Which means one rabbi says that both monies were sitting in one purse. Okay? $200 of Ma'asir Shini was in one purse. Shnei amanin bekisahad. Ba'ahu, hu tekam rabbanan tekshnatal kodakishnatal. Then I said, Rabbi, so you know what? A guy is going to take a purse, he's going to take the whole purse. Aval, beshnei kisin, modu, tekad natal, vini ashini. So according to that uh, logic, that you're going to tell me that it's talking about one purse. And that's when the rabbis say you take the whole thing. But two purses, even the rabbis will agree, one you left, and one you took. So beautiful. So according to that reason, you don't got to explain that the Mishnah. The Mishnah is very simple. The two birds, or two, the two birds is like two purses. Mm-hmm. Which means I don't have to make, 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 each bird is individual. Each bird is separate. What do you have to say? The birds hop. You don't got to come on to that. Because even the rabbis, they only said their deen when all the money was in one purse. Mm-hmm. And what's the logic? A guy's not going to take half a purse and leave half a purse. You can take the whole thing. But if it was two purses, even the rabbis will agree. You took one, and you left one. So the same thing with the birds. And one rabbi said, no, 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 no. The whole of the rabbi, even the, the, the argue even on 
two kisim. When there's two uh, persons, who the kamar rabbi mane munah umane mutal. So I mean back in the Gemara, but the kisahad tevre akod chulin the hadamar the kisahad machlokin. One rabbi says no, the machlokin is in kisahad when all the money is one kis. Ava b'shne kisim, but in two kisim tevre akod mane munah mane mutal. Me, we say he took one and he left one. So then the Gemara says, oh, that's the we have a machlokin. How do I understand the machlokin? In which case did the banan say? The money is considered new monies. Either in a case where it was uh, one purse, or some of my rabbis says even two purses. So the Gemara says, According to the opinion that says that even in Shneki Sin, that even in two purses, Rabbi is going to say, Rabbi is going to say, What? You took both. According to that, so we have to answer up the, the bird case. Yeah. So if my two kisim, the birds are like two separate uh, persons, right? Then you have to come out to the answer of the Gemara that says birds are different because they hop. Which means by two persons that are in front of you, they don't move away. But still, the beast says, the banan say what? You're not taking one person, leaving one person. You want you to shalai to take the ma'asid, you take both. So there I say, I took both. I see a hundred over there, a hundred is going to be holin. But she anchored by birds. Birds, I left three birds and I found uh, two. I said one of them walked away. And that's uh, why it's uh, different. That's why I said the two birds that are left are considered uh, uh, what it was. But according to the opinion that said, that the mahloket is only when the, the money is only one person. Then Rabbanan said, you take the whole thing. But if it was two purses, even the Rabbanah will say, No, I take, uh, I take one at a time. So therefore, What do I have to come along and say? Because the birds hop. Even the Rabbanah agreed that in two kisim, there's no argument. And therefore, just like in, uh, in shnei kisim, the rabbis will say, What? You took one, because you just split two kisim up. You took one and you left one. So therefore, the birds are like shnei kisim. And therefore, I'll say, One left and one. And the other two stayed. So we would have to come along and say, birds hop. Uh, that, 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 that's not necessary. Yeah. Which means, there's no reason why I would think that Banan don't agree with the Deen of Amishnah. They were only talking about when everything is in one, one bundle. There you say, everything was taken, but in separate bundles? I say, whatever stayed, stayed. And they, you, you could separate them. So the Gemara says, nah. Ha'amad, uh, you, you forgot, you, you didn't understand the case. Ha'amad, bishneki sin, lo pelige, Right? We said two purses. That's not two purses. We're talking about two purses that are tied to each other. That's the logic of uh, the banan. What's the reason why we say that uh, 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 by, 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 by the kisim? That it wasn't just two separate uh, kisim. The two kisim were... Tied, uh, they were bound together, and still in that case over there, uh, the Rabbanan will, will say even when it's tied together, it's possible a guy will take uh, one and leave another. The birds. They can escape. They can hop, and therefore they can cut apart from the uh, 
from the tie. And therefore, they, they run away. Therefore, the two are there, will remain. But one of them escapes and goes away. Kisin lo adade. The monies in a wallet that are tied to each other, they don't, uh, they don't escape. Look at the bottom nashi to explain this. Amar rav ashe hacha begozalot. Man da amar bekise had machloket. Opinion that said kise had machloket. Beshne kisim ki ain kise had. Ah, I'm going back. That we said kise had. What was kise had? Wasn't one. Uh, wasn't one purse. It was one purse. It was two purses that were like one purse. How do you have two purses like one purse? The two persons were actually bound to each other. The Ainu Shneki Sim Kusharim. Ah, Ude Kamar Abad Bishneki Sin Devrea Kol Manemunah Manemutal. What did we say that when the rabbi said two kisin, there's no mahloket? Two kisin meant two separate kisin. <coughs> so that's already a different. Which when we said kisehad, kisehad was two kisin tied up. But kisehad meant Two kisim that are um, uh, that, that that are not tied up. So he says, "Have a b'shnei kisim devrei akol manemunach manemutah b'shein mekusharim when they're not tied." Umatnitin afidu begozalot mekusharim mashma. How much now we're talking about? You have three birds and you ended up with two. Especially with two, but even when the birds were tied, they are notarim mutarim. We're not going to say that these are totally new words. If I wouldn't have answered this answer, that birds hop away, I would not be able to learn this Mishnah like the Rabbanan. Because when it comes to Kisim, that are Mikusharim, Amre Rabbanan, Hakol, Holin. We say that what? They all are taken. Two bundles that are tied together, he takes them all at the same time. So therefore I'll say what? That the same thing in this uh, Mishnah over here, that what? I'll say all of them went away. I'll say no, that here they can escape. And therefore, I that one of them ran away. You have Kisim over there, they don't run away. Exactly. Who controls the, uh, the purses? The guy. Since they're both tied together, what do I say? He, took, uh, he pulled one out and then left one? That doesn't make sense. I'll say what? He took both of them. Also, so by Kisim Kusharim. That's when the rabbi says, which means, when you go back to this Mahloket, and according to the opinion that says, that's when... Rabbi Rabbanan say everything was taken away. Kisehad doesn't mean kisehad. It means sneaky seen that are tied up. tied up. In that case, we say what? Everything was taken away. <coughs> Similar case in the Mishnah. All the gozalot are tied up, but the deen is different there. You know why? Because there I could say that since the birds themselves can move on their own, I could say one of the birds escaped, and therefore now. I go lekula. I say one left, and the two there uh, remained. Okay, that's the case of uh, kisehad. But by shnekisim, uh, shnekisim is about two persons that are separate. That's not the case of the Mishnah. The case of the Mishnah. That's not the case. Shnekisim. Then, then of course, 
Where he'll say that whatever's left, left, whatever uh, he took, he took. But our hadush is that our case is similar to kisehad. Kisehad meaning shnekisim mikusharim. Where Rabbanan say in that case you took everything. Right? Well, I'm not going to have one on a separate hand. I took everything. Oh, so you took everything? So if the, if the birds are mikusharim, I'll say, well, all the birds may be left. Kalashmalan? No. Why? Middadin. So therefore you need that answer uh, according to the opinion of Kis Echad. So what's the B's logic? You have two Kisin tied to each other. And still, what does he say? One and one. You took one, you left one. Well, well, who does that? The Gemara says, Sometimes the knot comes out. What do you mean? The always when you tie something, the knot stays? And then what's quite possible, you took, you, you pulled one, and the knot came apart. Whatever came in your hand, you took. And whatever you left, you left. So then even in the case where the two uh, kisim are tied together, because now we have a question. What's explaining the case is talking about where it's two tied together? Uh, what's the bee's logic? How can the bee say two, two kisim that are tied together? It's one and one. You took one, you left one. What do you mean? It's, it's, it's a package. You pick up one, the other one comes with it. Ah, sometimes the knot is loose and it comes apart. And therefore, you t- whatever you took, you took. Whatever you left, you left. So therefore, that's the shita of the bee. So therefore, we had to answer the Mishnah. According to all opinions, we have to say Middadin. We have to say that it's um, that it's hopping around. Even according to the opinion that said that the Mahloket is only in one purse. Because we thought one purse means one actual purse. So one actual purse, but in two separate ones, no Mahloket. So therefore, this is case of two birds. So there was no Mahloket. No, no, no. The one purse was not one purse. The one purse was two purses tied to each other. And, oh, well, and therefore the birds are the same case. So if I say, what's the difference? Uh, you know what the difference is? The money, he grabs, he takes everything. But she the birds, when they're there, all tied up, I say one of them jumped away, and the other two stayed. That's the opinion of the Mishnah. So it can even be going according to Shittat Rabbanan. Different than Maaseh. By Maaseh, you say everything went. By birds, I say what stayed, stayed. What left, left. And we continue. So we said, if you left the birds in the dovecote before Yom Tov, now you came on Yom Tov and you found the dovecote empty and the birds are actually in front, so we say it's Asur. So we assume the ones in the dovecote ran away. <coughs> and these birds that you see in front of the dovecote, they came Alma. They came from the majority of birds of the world, and therefore they're going to be Asur because they were not designated. Let this be a proof of Mishnah to the opinion of the Hanina. When you're judging a safik, for example, in this case over here, you have birds that are flying around the dovecote. So I could say they either came from the karov, they came from the dovecote that's right next to it, that's karov. Or I could say they came after the rov, rov is the majority. So it seems rov ve karov go after the rov. That's what you see from Amishnah, so we give you a proof to Rav Harina. Amar says no, bedath. What does Abayya mean to say? We're talking about a dovecote that has a ledge in front of it. Now that ledge was customary for birds to... Uh, hang out over there and stand on the ledge itself. Oh, so now, where do those uh, birds come from? Well, they can come from two places. They can either, the birds on the ledge can come from either the dovecote, meaning they walk out and they stand on the ledge, or it can come from Ma'ama, uh, they can come from the majority. Now you see birds flying in front of the dovecote. So now this case over here is actually 
Karov and Karov. Because I don't know if those birds that are flying in front of the dovecote came from the dovecote, which is Karov, or it came from the daf, or it came from that uh, sill, that's a little porch that's hanging uh, from the dovecote itself. Oh, in this case over here, it's Karov and Karov, but over here I'm going to say you go after the Rov. Because the karov also has a rov, which means even the ones that come from the uh, sill, they can come from the majority. So you have no proof to the case of rov and karov. We thought the case was why they have a regular dovecote, no sill in front of it, just a regular dovecote. So, and you see birds flying in front of it, right? So you say, you know what, where did, the, where did these birds come from? Either it came from the karov, it came from the dovecote that's next to it, or it came from the rov. Oh, so we said, rov and karov, go after the rov. No, that's not the case. The case is where we have a dovecote, and you have this ledge in front of it. Okay, now, and there's birds that normally hang out on the ledge as well. And now you see birds in front of the uh, dovecote, so now you have a question, where did it come from? Did it come from this karov or that karov? Did it come from the uh, from the dovecote itself or from the ones that are hanging out? Uh, but over here, on the, even on the karov of the ledge, it yeah, come from the rov, from the majority. And therefore, you have no proof to the opinion of Rav Harira. And uh, that's the answer of Abaye. Rabba Amar, Kanim I'll tell you the case of the Mishnah. We're talking about a dovecote that has two floors. One kane over the other. Two floors. Duplex. And the case is like this. Let's say you put the birds before you in the bottom uh, floor. But you didn't designate the ones on the top. There was birds on both. On the bottom, you want you designated the bottom ones. The top ones, there were birds that you didn't designate them. And now you came on uh, Yom Tov. And you found birds in the tahton. However, the ones on the top that you did not uh, uh, designate, they were gone. So I say, you know what? Asiran. I say, Asur. Why? I say, the ones on the bottom, your birds flew away. They flew. They went down. It's normally a bird flies down. And therefore he went down uh, downstairs. Yeah. Now these birds that are in your dovecoat are not the ones you designated. That's pasut. Here you did the opposite. Let's say you designated the birds in the top uh, top floor. But you didn't designate the birds on the bottom floor. You found birds in the top floor, which means in the area that you designated. However, but in the bottom... There were no birds. I'm going to say, even in that case, Asur. Why? I tell you that the birds on the top floor, they flew away. The ones on the bottom, they attached themselves to the top. They speak when they went up. That's a big hadush. To say that the birds went from the bottom to the top, that's a big hadush. To say they went from the top to the bottom. So the hadush of the case is that... Uh, in both cases over here, I'm going to come and say that it is Asur. So again, the case is actually that it was in the Khan, and you found it in a different Khan. I left them upstairs, and now I found them downstairs. So I left them downstairs, and I found them upstairs. In either case, it's going to be Asur. Because why? I say not only did the top ones go down, which is Pashut to say, but I'm going to say even the bottom ones flew up, and therefore those are not the ones you left. 
those are the Muqseh uh, ones that you have. And then was going to be, and you didn't designate, then was going to be a suit on both cases. Then we have basically two ways to learn the case of the Mishnah. My review, when you go back to the Mishnah, you learn, it's either you left them inside the Khan, and when you came back, you found them on the daf. That was right outside. Okay? So now you have Karov. Uh, uh, I say, did it come to, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the daf code itself? Or is it uh, from the uh, from the uh, uh, the daf itself? So then I say, oh, you go after the Rov. It must have came from the majority of the world, and that's the bridge you're finding over here. Or in other cases, nah, I put them on top. And I've, I have two dovecotes filled, meaning top-bottom, both filled with birds. One I designated, one I didn't. And now I came, the one I didn't, didn't designate is gone. No birds. The one I did designate is there. The Hadush is, I say, it switched. The birds that you designated flew away, and the other ones either went downstairs, or even flew upstairs. That's the Hadush of the Mishnah. The first case, we're not going after the the first case is only because it's Karov and Karov. The first case, when there's a daf in front, it's Karov and Karov. So when it's Karov and Karov, so then I go with the Karov and the Rov instead of the Karov itself. The dove coat, in the, in the, in, in the dove coat itself, there's no Rov. But on the ledge, I say it's Karov, it's next to the dove coat. But it's also, the stomach came from the, from the outside. You have to say I can fly, obviously. Comes the Gemaran says... Okay, which means, in this case over here, you put them in the can, you found them outside the can, or uh, you put them uh, upstairs, now you found them uh, uh, downstairs. All this is going to be mutar if they're the only birds in town. You only have to khoshesh that other birds came if there's birds in the neighborhood. But if they're the only birds in the neighborhood, I don't care if I put them inside, I found them outside, upstairs, downstairs, well, these are the only birds. So the Gemara says, what's the case? If you're talking about birds that are able to fly, what do you mean? Flying birds, there's no uh, limitation. Other these flew, and birds came from three miles away, or ten miles away. What's the, what do you mean no birds in the vicinity? Uh, so must be talking about not a birds that cannot fly, they can just hop. Now, if there's another dovecote within 50 amot away, then I say a bird will hop 50 a mile away. And then I say these left and other ones came. And if there's no other dove go within 50 a mile away, why? Any bird that hops doesn't hop more than 50 amma. So the government wants to know, what, what, what's the hadush over here? You're telling me if there's no birds in the vicinity, mutar. What's the case? If it's within 50, asur. If it's uh, out of 50, we know it's mutar. Because a bird doesn't hop more than 50 ways. So the birds that you left, these are the birds that are uh, the same birds. So the government says, no, the case is within 50. However, However, there's a corner. Which means you have a can on one side, right? Let's say on the uh, on the uh, uh, the uh, east side, okay, and then uh, adjacent to it, on the other on the side, let's say on the north side, you have a, another can, okay. But in the corner, there's a corner there now. In the corner is a house, okay. In the corner is a house. Now what happens? It's within 50 50 amma. So the bird technically can hop from one can. To the other can. Mm-hmm. The only problem is, 
I might say, you know what? Within 50 ama, it, it went to the other dovecoat. And therefore, the birds that you see now in your dovecoat are not, uh, yours. are not yours. A bird will only hop so long as it can see the original dovecoat that it came from. But if it cannot see its original dovecoat where it, where, it, where it hopped from, it's scared. It doesn't go. And therefore, in this case over here, it's a case. It, there's a corner. There's a house in the middle. So therefore, it, it, he doesn't have his vision. It's blocking his sight. So technically, it's a case where it's within 50... And still going to be Utar. Why? Because your birds are not going anywhere. What do you mean? You told me within 50, these guys are going to walk away, and the other ones are going to come. Yeah, they only walk away so long as as they're walking, they can always turn around and see where they came from. Right? However, in this case over here, on the corner, there's a house. And therefore, the cars are on the sides. And therefore, when they walk away, even if it's 50 ama, once they turn around, there's a house blocking. So they go, oh, they don't, they're not going anywhere. So therefore, that's the Hadushan of Mishnah. That if there's no birds in the vicinity, meaning even if, even if it's within 50, but it's Bekir and Zavit, there's a house blocking the view, still we're going to say, Mutar, your birds did not go anywhere. And therefore, you can assume that it is the birds that you left. But again, this is a misuse than the birds. They don't, they don't, they can't see. They can't see where they came from. No, but if they could leave 50 where they came from, then they're going to be. Now listen, they're going to go to another dovecote. They don't go to another house. They don't go to a. They go to from dovecote to dovecote. So from there, they can't see where they were. Therefore, it's going to be mutar. Comes the new Mishnah. These are all cases that we actually learned uh, on the earlier daf, and now we're going to see them in the. Uh, the Eli we learned was the daf, was the board that they used to uh, grind things on. Uh, now normally grinding on Yom Tov is Asur. Therefore this Eli is considered the Klishim the Isur. So the Hadusha Betelelej, you can't even take it to use it to cut up meat. Meat you're allowed to cut up on Yom Tov. But he says, no, since this item is a Klishim Lachto, the Isur, I'm not going to allow you to take this Eli even to cut up meat. Because he's going to hold Mukseh. Ubetelel Matirin. Ubetelel is going to tell you, Mutar. Uh, even though it's a Klishim Lachto, the Isur, however, using it for uh, a purpose of Heter over here, therefore you have no problem. After you slaughter an animal, now you have uh, the skin. So Bet Shammai says you cannot take the skin and put it in front of the people that are going to step on it. Why? Because when you step on the skin, it's tanning it. It's ma'abid. And therefore, we don't want you to get involved even with something that looks like tanning by putting it in an area you're going to step on it. We're not going to let you pick up the skin. Unless it has at least a kezayit of basar. But if it doesn't have a kezayit basar, matirin. Again, Betelel comes along and says, you can take the skin, put it in front of the dorsam, let them step on it, on Yom Tov, and uh, no problem. The Gemara explains that, Tana, Veshavin. Everybody agrees, She'im Katsav Alav Basar, Shasudetaltelo, which is even Betelel. Betelel was only lenient because of some Hat Yom Tov, that is going to let you pick up this Eli, that normally is designated for a Muqseh item. He's going to let you pick it up and put meat on it, and cut the meat on it. Why? Because some Hat Yom Tov, He's going to let you use it. However, once you finish cutting the meat, the thing goes back to becoming mukseh. So veshavin im katzav ala bazar. Once you finish cutting the meat on the ali, shasul taltelo. Now there's no purpose for you to move it around anymore. Even Betel will agree they can't move it. Abar baye machlokeh be ali. 
the machloket is over here by the Eli. However, Aval, uh, again, uh, by, again, this item over here should be noted, that Tosafot points out, is more than a regular mukseh, because you only use this Eli for grinding. So this would be more like a Krish, uh, you only use it for the designated purpose. So therefore, normally an item that's designated for a certain purpose, you can't use it for anything. Even heter. It's like uh, the sakin of a milah. You can't use the sakin of a milah for uh, cutting uh, regular meat. You don't use it for that. So therefore, the hadush of is that even though the ayali is only used for grinding wheat, and you can't grind on yom tov, still for some hot yom tov, I'm going to wave it so you can use it for... Cutting meat. Okay, but fine. Once you finish cutting your meat, finish. It's all full of limits. It goes back to becoming hasanokis, which you don't think once I said it's mutad, you could uh, you know, move it. No, no, it's only a special dispensation. What's the logic? Uh, because some hat jumped over. I want you to, if I'm going to tell the guy you can't use the ayah, he's not going to come and slaughter the meat. He's going to now uh, refrain from uh, some hat jumped over. Good. Now, the Gibraltar says, the whole machlokan is by the ayah, the aval, betavra germeh. Tavra germeh is like the cleaver that's used to cut the bones of the of the animal. After you write the hatchet. After you slaughter the animal, you gotta cut up the uh, bones. So betavrakarme, tevrakul mutar. everybody's gonna say it's mutar. That's not uh mukse, that's the that's, its purpose is to hatchet the uh, bones. Kibra says Pshita, Aili Tinan the Mishnah said that the only Mahlouk was by Aili. I know about the Tavra Garme, everyone's going to say Mutar. Did the Mishnah only say Aili? Maybe I'll argue to you, know maybe even the Tavra Garme is going to be Asur as well. And the reason why the Mishnah chose Aili is coming to show you how lenient Betelil is. The Afil, the Vashmulakhtol Isur. Even the item like this, that's Milakhtol Isur, and Hasron Kis, the way we're saying, Name Sharu. It's also mutar kamashmalan, and therefore maybe the Mishnah, maybe Bet Shammai is mahmid not only by the ayadi, maybe it's mahmid even by the by this item that's called the tavra garme, the thing that breaks the bones. Kamashmalan, no, 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 no. By the tavra garme, even Bet Shammai says it's designated for that. It's made for uh, chopping the bones. Mutar. He only argued by the ayadi. Ika de Amri. We have another uh, version. Amar Abaye. No, it's the guy. Ela afilu tavra garme hate. Which means, we're coming along to say that what? Even a case of a tavra garme hatte, a new hatchet. What do you mean? What's the hadush of a new hatchet? Maudete ma memlach velo tavar ale. I might have thought, you know what's going to happen? On a new item, sometimes the person doesn't want to use it. He doesn't want to ruin it yet. It's a new item. So I might have thought by tavra garme, maybe if it's new, Petshamah is going to say, Mukseh. Or even uh, Betelel might argue with Mukseh. Why? Because you're going to pick it up, and you know what's going to happen? You're going to say, nah, it's a new item. I don't want to use it yet. And then you might think, what? That everybody's going to say, by the Tavra Garme, it's going to be Mukseh, because he might change his mind. Kamash Ma'lan, that what? You're not going to change your mind. And what's the logic why you're not going to change your mind? Because once I slaughtered the animal already, what about after you slaughtered the animal? What am I going to change my mind? Which means, what am I going to do? I'm going to leave it there uh, and uh, uh, let it become spoiled? So therefore, I'm not hoshes that I'm going to change my mind after I picked up the tavram, even if it's new. And then it's going to be permissible. So you see over there, Bet Shemai does not suspect that a guy's going to change his mind. The Gemara says, is that so? I'll show you a case where Bet Shemai does suspect you're going to change your mind. Well, Bet Shemai, no hachidah emnukheh? 
Bichamai doesn't suspect that you're going to change your mind. We learned to the bring the the butcher, uh, the butcher's lavdafka, uh, and the sakin is the main thing. You're not allowed to bring the butcher's knife next to the animal. Velo behema etzel tabach v'sakin. Nor could you bring the animal next to the knife, because Bechamai is worried you might end up <coughs> carrying one of these items for the for, not for the purpose, because you might change your mind. Mm-hmm. Now the animal's in one place, the knife is in another place. Don't take the knife to the to the, to the animal. Because what's going to happen? You're carrying this knife. It could be by the time you get to the animal, what's going to happen? You're going to change your mind. Now what ends up happening? You carry this item, Shalom or the opposite. Don't take the behemah to the knife. Because maybe by the time you get to the knife, what's going to happen? You're going to change your mind if you carry it. Shalom Tzorich. But today, Omrim, Molichim, Zed, Zed, Zed. That's not, I don't suspect you're going to change your mind. Furthermore, You can't bring the spices... And the pestle, that's the item that you're crushed with, next to the grinder. And you can't bring the grinder next to the spices. Again, what's the, what's the problem? Because in the interim, we're worried that you might change your mind, and end up carrying these items. No problem. You can bring this to that, not to this. I'm not worried you're going to change your mind. But what do you see from Ben He does suspect that you're going to change your mind. Therefore, he doesn't let you carry this item, the knife, for example, to the, to the animal. So, say so the same thing over here. Maybe he's going to slaughter the animal, and now he's going to take this new uh, cleaver that he uses for cutting the bones, and he might change his mind. Right? You see, he might change your mind. So, why do you say you change your mind in the case of the cleaver also? Is it analogous? In the case of the knife bringing it to the animal, you know what the guy's going to say? On the way to the animal, he's going to say, you know what? I changed my mind. I'm not going to slaughter this animal. It's too uh, thin. I'm going to wait until I get a fatter animal. So by animals, before you slaughter them, there's a logic to say, you'll change your mind. Even by the pot that you're looking to spice, right? You bring the spices to the grinder. What do you, what do you bring the spices for? To put it in your, uh, in your food. The guy also can change his mind. You know what he's going to say? I'm not going to make this dish. This dish over here needs spices. You know what? I'm going to end up making a different type of food that doesn't need spices. So by, by spices, you can also change your mind. Therefore, don't carry the spices to the grinder, or vice versa. However, what am I going to say over here? He's going to change his mind and not cut up the bones? Once you make shahita, what are you going to do? You have to, cut, you have to cut the bones up. Which means here, he's at the point of no return. What do you think? The guy's going to make shahita on the animal, that animal's lying on the floor. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to cut up the bones. Oh, you're not going to cut up the bones? You're going to spoil the meat here. Here, there's no way he's going to change his mind. Before Shehita, carrying the knife from place to place, it's possible a guy's going to say, you know what? I thought I'm going to sort this one, but I'm going to wait for a, uh, a bigger one. We're going to the spices. He said, you know what? Originally, I was thinking of making this type of food that needs spices. I changed my mind. You know what? I'll make uh, another type of food. There, you can change your mind. But by Tavra, Garmeh, but by the cleaver, why should the guy change his mind? After he's slaughtered, even if it's a new cleaver, what is he going to say? Ah, you know, I'm not going to cut. What are you not going to cut? Give it the shahta. It's all made for for cutting. Comes the Gamaran continues. Bet Shabbai Omrim en notini ta'or. So Bet Shabbai says, why? You cannot take the leather, right, or the skin, and bring it in front of the people that are going to step on it. Why? Because that's like tanning the leather. Tana b'shavin shemulchin alav basal Everybody agrees, even Bet Shabbai, 
that you could salt the uh, skin. Now salting is a suit really. Salting is, is tanning. How do you salt? How do you tan leather? You put salt on it. But however, you could do a trick here. You could take meat that you're planning on roasting. Now when you roast meat, you really don't have to salt it. But the minhages, they put a little salt on the uh, the meat. The reason why you don't have to salt roasted meat is because the fire draws out all the blood. Mm-hmm. Right? You're putting it over the fire. Salt extracts the blood. But still the custom is to put a little salt on the roasted meat. So the Gemara says, you can take roasted meat over the, over the skins, and while you're pouring the little salt on the... Uh, on the meat, what's going to happen? Some of the salt is going to spill on the uh, on the uh, on the skin, and therefore you're going to preserve the skin. Even Bet Shammai will like us. Then you're doing something that is mutar. It doesn't look like Yisur. Well, you can't take the skin and put it in a place where people are going to walk. Bet Shammai says that clearly looks like you're going to, to tan it. But when you're doing a heter item like koshering the meat for sleep, which is not a lot of salt, and some of it falls on the skin, that's okay. So Kabbalah says, "V'shavin." Everybody agrees. Shemulchin ala basar litzli. Amar abayeh no shanu ela litzli. Only when you roast for roasted meat. Avale kedera lo. But if you're gonna cook the meat, now when you cook meat, you have to make a regular minihah. Then you have to salt the meat with a lot of salt. That you cannot do over the uh, over the uh, skins. So the Kabbalah says, "Peshita litzli tenan." Of course, we said sli. What do you have to come out of your way and tell me? Only roasted meat, but not cooked meat. They said uh, roasted meat. No, Even if the guy wants to salt his roasted meat with a lot of salt that normally he would use for kedera, still is going to be asur. Which is what he said, kedera asur, he meant the amount of salt that you normally use for the kedera, if you use it for your tzli, that's going to be already asur to do it over the, uh, over the skins. Because that's already, that's, uh, it's obvious that you're doing it for uh, tanning purposes. You slaughter an animal on Yom Tov. Okay, you can eat it, no problem. But the problem is you have halabim, you have fats. The fats are asur. Hedev is asur, hedev behemah is asur. But what you, what you could do with the hediv, you could feed it to the uh, animals. So you don't want it to spoil. Because you want to give it to the animals eventually. So it says, You're not allowed to salt the halabim. Because salting halabim is considered also ma'bid. It's also a form of uh, tanning. You're not tanning leathers, but you're ma'bid to ochlim, the, uh, the, uh, the food. Okay? So now, you don't want it to spoil, but... Now, the ain mafikhin bahim. You're not allowed to uh, uh, flip them because when air goes through them, the air preserves them. So I have all the halabim you know, piled up. I cannot turn them over in order to let the air go through them. Uh, we'll see uh, why not. That's not salting them. Why should I be able to just at least flip them over so the air can get through? We'll see. He says, you know what? You can take poles. Take the halabim, put them over the poles to let the air go underneath them. You can actually do that. You can't salt them, but I could do a method to get the air underneath. Amar of Matna, halakha kere biyoshua. And the Batak comes over and says, you know something? Halakha falls with biyoshua. Ika de amne, some want to say, Amar of Matna, in halakha kere biyoshua. The opposite, halakha doesn't follow the biyoshua. So there was, bishtama le mandamar halakha kere biyoshua. According to the opinion that said halakha kere biyoshua, it's tarikh, I need it. Sakata tachamini yahid virabim halakha kere biyim. Because normally when I have a mahlukat, majority and minority, who do I follow? The majority. So that's the of Rabbi Matna, that in this case you can take the Yahid. 
But according to the opinion that says the halakha doesn't follow Rabbi Yoshua, of course, Yahid Vrabi Al Khakarabim. Or what do I need to tell me the halakha doesn't follow Rabbi Yoshua? I have a standing law. Yahid Vrabi Al Khakarabim, I follow Rabbanan. Now, Maudete, Ma Mistabed, Tamid Rabbi Yoshua. Rabbi Yoshua has a good logic. Why? The E lo sharit le mimana ve lo shahit. If you're not going to let this guy uh, air out his halabim, he might not slaughter him in the first place. And therefore he's going to be refrained from some hat of the I might have thought, follow the Yeshua. Kamash ma'alan, that no, that even though the Yeshua has good logic, in halakha kerebi Yeshua. Good, so that's the, it's the side why you have not to say in halakha kerebi Yeshua. Even though I know halakha kerebim, but in this case I say the logic is on the Yeshua side. Because the guy's going to refrain from some hat of the That's why I had to go out of his way and say in halakha kerebi Yeshua. So the Gibraltar says, umay shena me'or lefnead dosan. Which means, what's the difference between or lefnad dosan? Which means, bitelel allowed you to what? To take the skin and put it in front of the people that are walking. Now, when the people walk over the skin, what is it doing? It's uh, actually tanning it. So, therefore, that he allowed you. So, therefore, the Quraysh allow you also to take the salt and put it on the uh, halabim. Why? One case is mutar and one case is. Asur. Either way, it's the same tanning. So the Gemara says, "No, hatam lo milta." There, when you take the skins next to the people that are going to step on it, it's not evident that you're doing it for tanning purposes. Why? Mishum Because you could also do something else permissible with these skins. And what is that? You can sit on them. In the olden days, they used to use these skins like uh, mats or like uh, rugs. So therefore, since it's not mukseh, because you can sit on them, so when a guy sees you taking these skins and you put it in front of the people, I say, oh yeah, he's uh, using it to, to sit on it, and therefore, no problem. However, acha atele memar ma'itama shalul rabbanan. If you're going to let this guy over here even air them out, even airing them out, like flipping them over, the guy's going to say, how come the rabbis allowed me to air them out? He's going to think, because the rabbis don't want me to, them to become uh, spoiled. He's going to come along and say, what's the difference between airing them out? What's the difference between salting them? And then he's going to come to salt. Now salting them is That's uh, not a question. And then it comes out the reason why you can't air out is Gezerah. That you might come to salt. Salting would be Yisur, Yisur Doraita. It's Ma'abed. You put salt on the Halabim for the intention to preserve them. So they have made a Gezerah, this to that. Sakhalim uh, make a Gezerah when you're coming to take the, 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 the Orot, to bring it to the people to step on them. It's also Ma'abed. Yeah, but this is not Mukseh. This over here, you can answer. The guy's picking it up to sit on it. Therefore, since it has a heter function, so therefore I have no, uh, no problem. But here, the only reason why you're airing it out is for what? To preserve them. I say, what's the difference to preserve them this way? What's the difference to preserve them that way? Therefore, there's a difference between the cases. Come to Gibran says, Okay, no, 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 tov. It's permissible to salt many pieces of meat simultaneously. Even though you only need to eat one piece. Well, how, oh, how can I salt uh, a whole uh, bunch of uh, pieces? Because the explanation is it's not going to cost you any extra tadha. Mm-hmm. Once I have a pile, it doesn't matter how much I put in the pile, it's the same salt. I'm just dropping salt over all the pieces of meat. What the difference if I pour it over one, one uh, piece or what if I put a lot of pieces? Once you're doing the tadha already, I'm pouring the salt, 
I can put a lot of pieces of meat, even though I don't need them specifically to eat. Comes again, this is another halakha. Rav Adah Barabah, Ma'arim, Umalach, Garma, Garma. Rav Adah's custom Barabah was, he was Ma'arim. He used to salt one bone at a time, which means he used to go like this. He used to salt the bone, uh, meat. Then he would say, you know what? I don't want this one, I'm going to take a different one. And then salt another one. You know what? I don't want this one, take another one. So before the Akhila, using the subterfuge, he was able to salt a lot of pieces of meat. And at the time he was salting it, it was mutar, because he was planning on eating it. Then he came along and said, you know what? There's a better one. I'm going to have it. So therefore, ma, you could be ma'arim in this case over here, and salt for the purpose of eating, and then uh, change. So it's four points that it's only talking about before Akhila, before you ate. After you ate, you can't do this, uh, this uh, ha'arama. Okay? We continue. Next Mishnah. Again, this Mishnah, we learned the uh, case earlier. Right? The Tirisim, we said, in the olden days, the shopkeepers used to have shutters in front of their stores. And before they used to sell, they used to take off the shutter, flatten it out, lay it out, put all their wares on the, uh, on the uh, shutters. So Bet-Shamay says, You cannot take the Tirisim off. So we learned according to Bet Shemai must hold that this is a problem of Soter. Because you're, you're taking it apart. That's considered the Soter, which is one of the Melachot. Bet said, not only could you take it off, but you could even put it back on. So therefore we assume according to Bet maybe he holds, there's no Binyan in this thing. It's, a, it's not a permanent structure. It's, keli, it's a Keli. It's a box. And therefore there's no binyan bekelin. Therefore you can take it off. And the hadush you can even put it back on. Like we learned, even though it's tirha, what are you putting it back for? No, because if you're not going to let him uh, uh, put it back, so he's not going to take it off in the first place. And therefore what's going to end up happening? No sumhat yom tov. The people are not going to have uh, wares to purchase on yom tov. Now again, when we say purchase, they're not paying with money. They're buying on credit. But the point is, that's meant to this logic. And even put it back because of sumhat yom tov. So comes again and says, my tirisin, what are these tirisin over here? Those are the boards that are put in front of the stores. Good. Storefront. There are three cases that Betelel allowed you to do something in the end. Because if you're not going to do it in the end, you're not going to come to do it in the first place. What's the case? Or Lifnat Dursan. What's the case of Or Lifnat Dursan? Really, on Yom Tov. You're taking this leather and you're putting it in front of the people to step on. Mm-hmm. It's a It's a boot over here. How could the bit allow you to do that? Explanation is, if you're not going to allow you to do this, what are you going to end up doing? You're not going to slaughter in the first place. Then you're going to stop from... So, Tiru Sofan, Mishum, That's the first case. Okay? That she's last one is interesting. He allowed you to be, I play on words, to flatten them out on the ground in order that you'll come. Anyway, the next case is, the second case. He lets you put back the boards. Right? Because if you're not going to put them back, you're not going to open your store in the first place. And you're not going to have some hachum tov. And the third case is, hazarat litiyah b'migdash. The law is like this. The rabbis forbade somebody to put a band-aid on, a ritiyah is like a bandage, on a wound that they have. Why? Because along the way they would put the bandage, they would take like a, a, an ointment, and they would smear it on the bandage, and then they would put it on their makkah. Now smearing is one of the isude, the talam al-akot, which is asur, same thing. Asur. 
Oh, the Hadush is over here. In the Bet HaMikdash, let's say you have a Kohen. A Kohen that has a, uh, a wound. Okay, from before Shabbat, let's say you had the, uh, the bandage on. A mutar. The problem is he can't serve with a bandage on. Because it's Hatitza. His hand has to touch the actual keli that he's you know, bringing up to the Mizbeh or the Qurban. So uh, uh, the question is like this. Is he allowed to take off the uh, bandage? On, well, take off a bandage, mutar. But the question is, can he replace it? And normally the rabbi said, no, you're not allowed to replace a bandage on the Shabbat. However, over here, if we're not going to go in, put the bandage back, he's not going to take it off, and he's going to end up serving with a bandage that's going to be a chatzitza. So therefore, because of the concern that we were at in the beginning, we tell the guy, don't worry, why don't you take off your bandage, we're going to let you put it back on. Okay, so those are the three cases. Let's review the three cases quickly. The first case was what? The case with the leather. You can take the hide and put it in front of the people to step on it, because otherwise the guy's not going to make shaita. Second case, you could put back the boards after you finish selling, because if you don't let the guy put it back, he's not going to open it in the first place. And the third case, let the kohen put back his bandage on after he takes it off. The Rehava says the name of Rabbi Yehuda. Now she incidentally says this is Rabbi Yehuda, it's not Rabbi Yehuda Nasi. Because Rabbi Yehuda Nasi lived in Israel. Rehava came from. Pedita. So he said, this Rabbi Yehuda is Rav Yehuda of Babel. The only reason why the Havah calls him Rabbi Yehuda, because it was his rabbi. And therefore he refers to him as Rabbi, but it's not Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. That's the opinion of the uh, Tosafot brings down as well. In any event, Even a guy that opens his barrel, or starts uh, his dough, on the holiday. According to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, the Amar Yigmo that says finish. What is this case? Halakha says people went up to the holiday to the Yerushalayim on the Regalim. Okay, a merchant that's a wine seller, let's say, brings a barrel of wine with him up to Yerushalayim. Stahor brings up to Yerushalayim. He's going to sell it. Now, who's in Yerushalayim at the times of the holiday? Hachamim, Haverim, that's Hachamim, and Amaris. Hachamim, you know, at Tahor. So we're not worried they're going to come into the guy's store, touch his barrels. Let them touch the barrels. The wine's going to remain tahor. We're worried about the amaris. The amaris is usually tameh. All year long, if amaris touches the guy's barrel of wine, that's not tameh. He cannot sell it anymore to the hachamim. He cannot sell it to the people that are careful. However, the rabbi has made a rule. Call Yisrael haverim. On the regel, everybody's considered like a tamir hacham. Even the amaris, we give him tahara. And therefore, he touches your barrel on the holiday, no problem. Very good. However, the rabbis came along and said, that's only on the holiday. <coughs> now, a guy has his barrel. He sold 75% of his barrel. He got 25% left. Uh-huh. Hakamim say, once the holiday is over, retroactively, if the Ahmad has touched that barrel, right after you, you, the holiday is over, the barrel, the 25% left over becomes Tameh, retroactively. The Buddha says, well, if you're going to do that to the merchants, you know what? They're not going to end up selling. Right. If a guy knows that retroactively, whatever's left over that I didn't sell on the holiday is going to become retroactive after the holiday, yeah. he's not going to sell. And therefore, you're not going to have anybody selling wine on the holiday. Yeah. So, the Buddha says, listen, whatever the Amar is touched on the holiday, on the residual stuff, it's going to remain taught. Granted, if the Amar is, new Amar comes after the holiday and touches, uh, that's already Tabeh. That the Buddha is not lenient. But on what happened on the holiday, Mutar after the holiday. Why? Because now the guy will have an incentive to open up. He knows he's not going to lose any of his product. So the Gemara says, oh, now the Gemara is going to go back and analyze all the cases of Ula. The basic question you're going to ask on Ula is, Ula, what, what are you telling me? All the cases you gave me are actually Mishnayot. 
Didn't we learn the Mishnah or the Fnad Darsan? The B Betelil allowed you to take these skins and put it in front of the people stepping. So have Ola come along and say, Oh, you should know. Betelil was Mekel, Sofan, Mishum Tahilatan. Hazakamaruk, it's a Befirus Mishnah. What do I need Ola to parrot a Mishnah? So this is all the Fnad Darsan? Tanina! It's a Mishnah! So I would have thought if I just had the Mishnah, so you know why Betelel is lenient? You know why Betelel is lenient to take the skin and put it in front of the people to step on? Because really it's not Mukseh. Because it's that we to sit on. And therefore when I take the uh, skins to the place, uh, to the people are going to stand, to walk over it, people are not going to think twice. Because bottom line, it has a, has a usage. And therefore, and therefore I would say, you know what, even if you slaughtered the animal, before Yom Tov, since Paramah you could sit on these skins, you could even take skins that were slaughtered from before Yom Tov and put it next to the people on Yom Tov. Because Paramah, it has a hitter. That's why Ulaq comes now. The reason why it's mutar is only because if we don't allow you to do this, you're not going to come to slaughter. The Yom Tov in, the end of Yom Tov law. And therefore, it's only heter for Yom Tov, not Erev Yom Tov. Which is on Yom Tov, I'm worried, what? If I don't let this guy do it, he's not going to slaughter. He's going to have mini uh, at Yom Tov. But that doesn't apply to Erev Yom Tov. On Erev Yom Tov, if I tell the guy, listen, you're not going to be able to put your skins uh, tomorrow, uh, on the, so do it today. Which means, he'll do it on Erev Yom Tov. Once you're already giving Ula's reason, Ula's reason only applies to Yom Tov itself. Again, if you're going to tell the guy in Yom Tov, listen, fella, you have to use slaughter, you can't do anything with those skins. Now he's going to come to me, but that doesn't apply to Erev Yom Tov. If I tell the guy, listen, Erev Yom Tov, if you don't uh, uh, slaughter today, you cannot uh, put your skins tomorrow. Okay, but tomorrow, I'll slaughter today. Now, I'm not going to stop me from slaughtering today. I'll slaughter today, I'll put them today. But the Hidush is that we're not going to allow the guy to slaughter from Erev Yom Tov and put the skins tomorrow. According to the dry Mishnah, without Ula's interpretation, what is the difference? If Baraman did not Mukseh, if Baraman did not to sit on, so what's the difference if it's a skin from today or a skin from yesterday? It should always be permissible to put next to the uh, people. That's not the reason. The reason is, Betel was giving a heter over here. Really, these skins over here are not that we. But Betel was saying, we're going to wave uh, the Isurim over here, because it's Hat Yom Tov. But that's only on Yom Tov itself. But Mehr of Yom Tov, we're not giving you the dispensation. Okay. Correct. If you slaughtered Mehr of Yom Tov, you would not be allowed to use those skins on Yom Tov, meaning to step on them. Terise Hanuyot. Now we give the case of the Terise Hanuyot, that's the boards that they put on the store, right? So Gabriel says, "Namet Anina." What do you tell me? Oh, that's a Mishnah. Betelin matirim afla azir. Did Betel say you can even put them back? So Mao the tema tamao the Betel mishum the end binyan bekirim the end stira bekirim. So I would have thought, you know why Betel is lenient over here? Because there's no binyan bekirim and there's no stira bekirim. Therefore, just like you can take them off, there's no stira. You can put them back because there's no isur over here. End binyan the end stira the afiru the batim nameh. And therefore, you know what? Not only in the storefront, but even in your house. A guy, let's say, has in his house uh, a box with a, with a board. It's different. If there's no binyan bekirim and there's no sirah bekirim, I can take off the board and put it back on. Correct? If, if there's no binyan and sirah, it's only a terah by a store. Kamash ma'alan. That's why Ula says no. Betelir really holds yesh binyan. 
Bestila Bekelim. And therefore, Itiru Sofan Mishum Tehilatan. And really, it's a heter we're giving the guy. Because this pinyan over here and stila is only Badrabanan. So the rabbis told you, you know what? We'll let you take the board down and we'll even let you put it back. What do you mean? But it's binyan vestira. Listen, if we're not going to let the guy put it back, that's binyan. He's not going to take it off in the first place. Then he's going to have no subhat tov. So the hadush is, that's only by a store. However, the hanuyot, the batin, no. But that doesn't apply to a house. What's the subhat tov in the house? So therefore... By Ulaq giving me the reason, he limits the case dafka to a store, which means Bethel really holds Yeshpinyan Bekinim Vestira Bekinim. And therefore, what are we doing? How could you take the board down? How could you put it back? Listen, Subhachum Tov. Oh, Subhachum Tov, I'm even letting you put it back. How could you put it back? So, if you want to tell me you can take it off, Subhachum Tov, but to put it back? Yeah, because I'm not going to let the guy put his board back. He's not going to take it down in the first place. He's not going to be subhat tov. So that's the hadush of, of the Mishnah. And that's only by a store. That's not going to apply by a house. Next case. Hazarat v'tiyah b'mikdash v'amet anina. What do you mean? The case of the band-aid, putting the band-aid in the bed to mikdash by the Kohen. It's also b'filush Mishnah. Ma'azirin v'tiyah b'mikdash. Clearly it says the Kohen can put back the v'tiyah in the mikdash. Avalu b'bedira. But not outside the mikdash. So now the tema ta'mamai mishum de'enshu b'mikdash. So I would have thought if you're learning the Mishnah, you know why they allowed the Kohen to do that? Because all rabbinical items, prohibitions are, are waived. Well, what's the reason why we said it's Asur? Gezerah, that he might come to, you know, smear the, uh, uh, the ointment. Okay, that's already a, uh, a Gezerah. So therefore I would say, once already you're in the Beit HaMikdash area and there's no Shavut HaMikdash, maybe this leniency was said even to a Kohen that's not serving. But once you're in the Beit HaMikdash area, even a Kohen that's not serving that day, I'll let him put back a band-aid on Shabbat, because the whole Yisud is only the Rabbanan. If I would have thought maybe anybody could put it back on, any Kohen in the Beit HaMikdash. Kamash Ma'alan, Hitiru Sofan Mishum Tehidatan. That no, the only reason why I'm being lenient over here is... Why? Only somebody is doing avodah. Which means really this item is a suit. Uh, uh, the rabbis will say to you to put this ritiya uh, uh, back. But it's only because if I don't let him put it back, he's not going to take it off in the first place. Now, who does that apply to, that logic? That only applies to a kohen that's serving. But a regular kohen, no. So to tell me his deen, to limit the case only to Kohen that are serving, as opposed to a regular. If it was a regular, if, if I didn't have the, if, if I just had the Mishnah, I would say what? Mishnah mutar for anybody. Mikdash. Whether you're serving or not serving, it's the Mikdash. Wave over rabbinical items. No, 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 no. This item over here really is uh, for a different reason. I'm only matiring it because if I don't allow him to put it back, it's not going to take it off. Who's that applied to? A coin that's serving. Because you're going to have the bandage on his finger, and that's going to be a hatita. But a regular coin, even in the Beth of Mikdash, asur. Next case. Poteyah et habito nameh. You told me, the guy can open his barrel on Yom Tov, on the holiday, sell it. The Amaris touches it, no problem. Because, uh, you know, uh, we're not going to put the Tum'a retroactively. So, what do you mean? Tanina, it's a bifirush mishnah. Hapoteyah at habito. A guy opens his barrel, starts selling. Umatkhir he starts selling his dough. Al-gavar on the holiday. Rabbi Yehuda, umed yigmor. 
Maybe with us, even after the holiday, finish selling. No problem. It's tahor. Vachamim omrim lo yigmor. Hachim say no. The tumah is going to come back retroactively. So we're here to befirush mishnah. No matter the tema tumata ma'aris beregel kitorah shav yarabanan. Because I might have thought if I just had the mishnah, I would say, you know what? The ma'aris on the holiday is considered tahor legamre ve'afagav delo etchil nameh. And I would say, you know what? Even if he touched a barrel that didn't even open up yet. Which means, let's say the Hamas came to the guy's store, a barrel sealed closed, and he touched it. I might say, you know what? Even that barrel is going to be ta'or. Because bottom line, the Amaharis on the holiday is ta'or. And therefore, after the holiday is over, even that barrel is going to be ta'or. Kamash Malan, no. Hetiru sofan mishum tehilatan. The only heter of the Amaharis after the holiday is what? I'm matir the residual left, the left, left over, because if I'm not going to let, matir the left over stuff, the guy's not going to open the barrel in the first place. Hitheel in, but that's only if you open the barrel. Lo hitheel, lo. But if you didn't start the barrel, I didn't give you such a hitheel. Which means the hitheel is only what? And I got to open this barrel. Now already, whatever's in the barrel, if the Hamas touched it on the hand, they be mutar after. That's only on the leftover stuff. It didn't survive Mishim Tachidatam, but if a guy never opened the barrel, in such a case, I'm not going to be lenient. Well, I have to be lenient that the guy, that the Hamas is going to touch an unopened barrel? That wasn't the logic. Because you might have thought, you know what the Heter is over here? And the Hamas on the hand is Tahor Negamre. No, 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 it's not Tahor Negamre. It's only Tahor regarding items that were opened. Because we want the guy to open his barrels. If he's not going to. If he knows once they open this barrel, there can be a loss over here. He's not going to get involved in the first place. So on open barrels, etiru sofan the residual mishum tailatan. But that's on an open barrel. But on a closed barrel, we're not going to be in matir tamaris. What's that there? On a closed barrel, he's not going to come to the Yerushalayim. What are you going to make over there? If you're going to make matamir the closed barrels, it's only on an open barrel. On the leftovers. Why? Because etiru sofan mishum tailatan. So comes the Gemara and says. How come Ula didn't give the other two cases? Ula only gave three cases. He gave the leather case, right? He gave the case of the tirisin, and he gave the case of the bandage. Rabbi Yehuda added the two cases of the barrel and the hala that you started selling. How come Ula didn't count those two cases also as etiru sofam mishum tehilatan? The Gemara says, Ha biplukta lo kamayni. Well, that doesn't want to get involved in stuff that's a machloket. Because that case is a machloket and a banan. Don't the rabbis say that uh, uh, that stuff after the holiday becomes tameh? It's a machloket to be with Dan Hakamim. So all that didn't want to get involved in the machloket. So the Hanachdami Pluktaninu. This is also, the first three cases also machloket. It's a machloket Betchamai Betelin. All the three cases of the, the Dursan. Betchamai says you can't put it for the Dursan. The case of the Trisin. Betchamai says you also can put it for the Trisin. So you bring in the case of a machloket. Can you have Bet Shammai against Bet Elel? It's not even a machloket. Which means Bet Shammai is shita, we don't even consider. That's why it's a machloket.